Attention audience, guess what? We're back and we hope everyone enjoyed their lovely holidays um, and got some nice rest because today we are reviewing a very long movie. So we hope that you were able to rest either before or after the movie if you, for those who were able to join us. Because Eric, what are we uh, reviewing this week? Ladies and gentlemen, as we discussed last week in the Friday Films Christmas Spectacular, we are reviewing The Irishman, recommended by our special guest today, my wee little baby brother, <laughs> Beck. <laughs> say hi to the people hey. at home. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> if you guys uh, listen to uh, our, you know, one of our past shows, Random Rambling, you know, Beck made, made uh, semi-regular appearances on that show, mm-hmm. uh, including the very, very special... Um, what was the what was the trivia name of the trivia episode? You guys uh, it was it was something oh. like uh, keep slaying and stay bougie. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's keep right. slaying and stay <laughs> bougie. Where he uh, it was it was um it was, we had a little contest to see how many of us we could uh, I, I mean how many of the words we could actually knew or figure out, and we kept we post, kept score post uh, you know post millennial terminology. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a fun one. We need to do that again sometime. <laughs> that was good. But anyway, Beck, welcome, welcome, welcome back, and welcome to your first Friday films. And Thank we, you. Uh, we certainly appreciate the recommendation of the uh, the Irishman, despite the yeah the day long event it was to watch. What I, I think we really needed that because we've talked about the movie a couple times. We're like, yeah, it's a long one. It's so intimidating. It's like Braveheart. Yeah. It's just who has four hours? Yeah, you that's know? true. Um, but anyway, we watched The Irishman, uh, runtime of three hours and 29 minutes, rated R, released on November 27th, I say with questions in my voice, November 27th, mm-hmm. 2019, uh, directed by none other than Martin Scorsese himself, starring, you name it, they're in it, yeah, Robert De Niro, lot. Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Harvey Keitel, uh, Ray Romano, Bobby Cavanaugh, Anna Paquin, Stephen Graham. I mean, just a star-studded cast yes. of, of uh, very well-known, mostly Italian-American actors, uh, with, with, with some exceptions mixed in there. But that makes sense considering it's a, you know, a mobster movie. And what I, I will say real quick, I like the fact that even though there was a lot of good actors in this movie, uh, their presence in the movie wasn't overwhelming. Uh, you know, like, no. like I, I remember when I was scrolling through and I saw Anna Paquin's in the movie, I'm like, I haven't seen her yet in this movie. And then like it dawns on me once her character actually enters and you get to the end of the movie, you know, she was one of many characters where she, you know, she made her appearance at several times throughout the movie, but wasn't overly in the movie, um, to take away from anybody else. Uh, I think she has like four lines. <laughs> I don't even think, you know, speaking wise, she had more than four lines. Um, but she was in several scenes as a background character, or whatever. And there was other actors uh, throughout this movie. Um, same thing. Like, uh, I mean, we'll get to them as we jump through. But I, I like the fact that, that there are so many actors and actresses in this movie. But I don't think that any of them took away um, from any other actor, actress in, in performance wise. I think it was well done as far as the balance of everybody. <clears throat> it, it, it definitely was um, based on the the novel uh, I Hear You Paint Houses uh, written by I forget uh, Charles Brandt was the writer of um, I Hear You Paint Houses which honestly is I, I like that name a little bit better than just the Irishman so I wish they would have went with that mm-hmm. 
Well, but, uh, but anyway, uh, before we get into it, you want to do spoiler freeze, Jordan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, definitely need spoiler freeze because this is going to be a long, long episode. Beck, uh, this this was this was your recommendation. Yeah, you started off. You think? Oh man, I mean, I loved it. You know, uh, Martin Scorsese's movies in general, I've, you know, I haven't seen a bad one. Even the ones that are bad are really not that bad. I, but, I can agree with you there. As soon as you, you know, say Martin Scorsese, I'm like, ah, oh, it's a long movie, but I'm going to love it. As Eric <laughs> said, you know, the star-studded cast between Joe Pesci and, you know, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, they all just played their characters so well. Um, and in my opinion, they all played very different characters from what we're used to seeing them. Yes. You know? Um, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know how much we can go into spoiler-free. Well, we'll hold off. We'll hold off, hold off for just just a moment before you dig too deep into spoilers. Cause I think where you, I think I know where you're going with uh, with some of the characters. But overall, you know, you absolutely would recommend it as you recommended it to us. Oh, oh, certainly, one hundred percent to anybody. Um, I would probably recommend to most people breaking it down into two chunks. Maybe watching one in the evening, and then one the next day for your lunch break or something like that. Uh, <laughs> But I, I wasn't able to do that. I I intended to, but it just grabbed me and I just couldn't I couldn't walk away from it. It was I, just it was just that, you know, enthralling. I, I'd agree with you. I on the other hand had a whole afternoon to watch it, but had um had to take a couple of breaks here and there for other reasons. And I think I broke the movie up a little too much for my taste, making it feel longer than it really was. So I think like normal long movies, I agree. If you break it up like in half, that would probably be a good um good scenario versus a straight through i um i watched it in 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 one straight haul and it honestly it's structured in a way uh and i'll I'll dig into this more when we when we when we go into spoiler territory but it's structured in a way that honestly it 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 feels like a non-stop uh limited series it feels like like seven like a seven or eight episode mini series that you just you just watched together and you mm-hmm. forgot about the you know the credits in between the episodes you know it's just it, it works in that way i mean you can literally as i was watching it i was like you can break it down into episode one episode two episode three mm-hmm. episode four episode five you know you can see that that breakdown happen um and and i i, I think it was i mean scorsese incredible it was incredibly well done uh, across the board I've got my my nitpick issues uh, here and there um, that we'll we'll get into later. But no, it was it was phenomenal. It's 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 mm-hmm. a great great movie. If you can find three and a half hours, you know, to block off to watch it, definitely do that. Or if you want to watch it in the, the the half chunks, you know, I, I think it, it holds up either way. But I'll, I'll say this: yeah, yeah I, I think we'd all recommend it. Uh, yes, I definitely recommend it. I'd say take four hours, and I also recommend, uh, even though it's it's not a must watch, the they had that little twenty five minute like aftermath episode yeah, where it was yeah. um, uh, the four main you know Scorsese, De Niro, Pacino, and Pesci all at the table just talking about you know the movie in general, you know some of the behind the scenes like how they recorded different scenes, you know the story, their connection with each other. Uh, and I thought that was kind of interesting to watch even after watching the three and a half hour, uh, movie. Cause I watched it right after. Um, mm-hmm. but it, that, I thought that also was really neat. Uh, just to kind of see kind of like a behind the scenes, you know, extra on a DVD. 
so I'd say take four hours and watch that too because I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was cool too. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, even that wasn't bad. Great. I know I don't think Scorsese did that one because he was in it, but you know, uh, I agree. I definitely definitely a must watch movie. Um, you ready? Let's dig into spoilers, man. I don't know how much longer we can contain ourselves. No, yeah. Let's let's just jump right in. So anybody who hasn't watched the movie yet and wants to, by all means, go find the time, watch it, whether straight through, break it up in pieces, however you want to do it. Uh, like Eric said, there are multiple places that you can break it up without causing too many issues to not ruin the movie, in my opinion. Um, go watch it and come back here in like three seconds. Or four hours. <laughs> or four hours, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever works. <laughs> um, so... Let's get into this. Spoiler territory begins now. And there is so much to get into with this movie. Who wants to start? Man, I love right. just the whole the whole arc of, you know, Frank Sheeran going from, you know, helping some guys out by getting them some meat. You know, yeah. with the five finger discount to mm -hmm. fucking killing Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. It's just it went who he, who was his friend right yeah and so yeah. it just went through the entire just started piece by piece you know first he you know uh steals some meat and then he roughs some guys up threatened to kill a guy with a gun and then he killed a guy because he was told to and then he started burning shit down because you know they weren't doing the union stuff right and just we saw him go all the way up and his you know. ri his his literally rise to dominance in organized crime mm -hmm, right because that's Towards the very slope. end, we see, we see, you know, Pesci give him that ring, which is one of three right. that was only ever worn by Italians, and he's the Irishman, yeah, who who is now one of the, you know, the 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 mob bosses, basically, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. That 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 character arc was was very well done, and you could see the emotional ride the whole way through, and uh, even towards the end. Like just to, not not to like jump straight to the ending, but just the after you know that roller coaster all the way up to that point, and then even the aftermath of with him as an old man and yeah, and going all the way to the retirement home and everything yeah. like the the roller coaster back down to the you know back to the starting point almost. Um, all of that I thought was really really good. Like I they could have ended right after, and I'm sitting like there's still like forty some minutes left in the movie. I'm like, what are they gonna possibly do now? And just, like as it kept going, I'm like, wow. This is still really, really good. <laughs> that was it. Like I, I thought they they truly tied all the loose ends together there in that last forty minutes. Right when you think mm -hmm. the movie's over, any question yeah. you had, they go back to and say, Okay, well, you know, he feels this way about this thing and then you know, this went this way and it just I, I think it works really well. And yeah, he, and I think that's that's where it goes from being that that point, um, is where it goes from being a Martin Scorsese mobster movie to a movie about life and consequences. Because mm -hmm. um, that's what it is. I mean, the whole movie, you're seeing Robert De Niro, um, you know, Sheeran, literally telling the story of his, of his life while he's, you know, at his end days and he's preparing and he's buying the caskets and, you know, mm -hmm. and trying to reconnect with his daughter that wants nothing to do with him because even though it was never said aloud, she knows from the beginning, you know, <laughs> from the beginning, the kind of man that he was. 
um, and he's trying to <coughs> recoup, you know, some of his his regrets in life. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to um, hit on of that which, real quick of which too. there were many, you know, and, and it's it's a very very interesting way to wrap up that type of movie. You know, I, I want to hit on the the daughter song real quick because I thought that was kind of neat and clever how they did that. Throughout the whole movie, whether it be the young daughters to the old daughters, I liked how Peggy, um, the the one Anna daughter, uh, well, later on being Anna Beckley, yes, yeah. um, and I don't remember the, the younger, um, the, the actress's name of the younger version of her, but even throughout that whole movie, every time Frank or De Niro's character took the next step, did something bad, worked his way up, she always knew. She knew Russell, uh, or Pacino's character, was always, yeah, Uncle Russell, but he's not. Not Pacino. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Pesci, Pesci. Wrong, wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Russell Pesci. <clears throat> How he was not really the, uh, the good guy that he pretended to be. So she always knew something was up with them throughout the beginning. When you always saw the other daughters, everything was fine. But it wasn't until the end when he's trying to rekindle with all of them. Anna Paquin's character, you know, Peggy's still not talking to him. Wants nothing to do with him after, um, you know, Hoffa's gone. Missing, that is. And it's the conversation that he has with the other daughter. And the other daughter's like, look, you know what? She might not be talking to you, but we all went through this. It was not easy with you being our father because we couldn't talk to you about stuff because we were afraid of what you would do. And it, what I liked is the fact that even though it was never officially said, it was one of those things in the background with him and his family, it, it always hinted towards an, an issue with him and Peggy and not with the other kids. But you actually see how it affected all of them at the end. And it takes the conversation with him and one of the other daughters to piece together that whole scenario. I mean, we obviously we know Peggy doesn't want to talk to him. And who knows if she ever will forgive him because they kind of leave it like she won't. And, I mean, it's to be expected. But... It, it just I liked how they did that subtle shift between Peggy was the focus out of all of his kids. Peggy and him were the focus growing up. And then it shifted to the other daughter in that conversation. Instead of him sitting down and having that conversation with Peggy, he had it with one of the other daughters to kind of piece everything together. Um, so I really liked how they did that kind of subtle background shift. I think that was because she was <clears throat> she was the oldest. So she was the one that remembers you know because you Mm -hmm. you start seeing the distance growing between the other daughters as they get older as well but you see it from peggy at the beginning because she's already old enough when he starts doing this to be able to recognize yeah you know the right from wrong so i think that's why it's focused so much around her Mm -hmm. because she was older to begin with to be able to um see what was going on and you're and you're right about that relationship between you know Russell and Hoffa, you know Pesci, Pesci and Pacino. You know that was that was interesting to see how she was, you know, all about yeah, Uncle Jimmy Hoffa, yes, because she saw him as the good guy, mm-hmm. right? trying to help people and yeah, you know, and and the leader of this this union that tries to take care of things, versus Uncle Russell, who is this mobster, this gangster, this mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and that, despite Uncle Russell's best efforts, he never, never got that relationship. Yeah, and, and that's what I thought was kind of neat. You know that you see that throughout the whole whole movie in the background. 
um, even with like the little gifts and stuff like that. You know, the ice cream uh, with Hoffa versus the uh, ice skate with um, like uh, Russell. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, cool. Yeah, is this is this a little, little something extra in there? <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Is this is this murder money? Extra. Is that what this is? Yeah, where's the blood at? I don't. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, it's it was neat to to watch that throughout the whole movie. Yeah. I really did like Peggy's character. Um, you know, like you said, when when she went from being young to uh, Anna Packin, like it just. Just her eyes just told the whole story. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there were two times that I remember her showing emotion. I remember her being completely shocked the first time she saw her dad break that guy's hand on the curb. Yeah. yeah. You know, she just was like, what What the hell was that? And then, of course, at the end when um, she overheard, you know, when they came out that Jimmy Hoffa's gone. And she goes, you haven't, you haven't called Joe? You haven't called Jimmy Hoffa's wife yet? And he's like, yeah, I think uh, that's like her early uh, lines. It, of the it movie just showed too. her just realize everything, all the pieces connected there, and she knew that he everything was involved. Just clicked. Right? Yeah. But just, just so all the times, like Jordan said, any time there was a big step in, like whatever, you just mm-hmm. show her standing at the top of the stairs in her pajamas, just staring, knowing just when yeah. he's leaving <laughs> to kill somebody, right? You know, he's... Mm-hmm. And she looks through the window and sees him, you know, pack a the fucking revolver under the seat, and you know. Mm-hmm. So just Which, her whole life, she's just been taking that stuff in and connecting all the pieces, and go, you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe Dad had something to do with this whole uh, Jimmy Hoffa thing. Mm-hmm. And that that scene, excuse me, <laughs> pardon me. Um, the conceivably the last time she saw Jimmy Hoffa was when they were dancing on the dance floor at her father's award ceremony. Right. Yeah. yeah. And seeing that acting of that—that's when she's with. Uncle Jimmy Hoffa is one of the few times that she's actually happy. She looks mm-hmm. happy, right? And that was she's dancing with him, and she's happy. And we all know what's going to happen to Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Right. Well, <laughs> and even and even when she was younger, and that's you know, I say shout out to the the young actress who played young Peggy. But um, throughout that whole movie, like we talked about with all those different scenes, her emotions tell the story because very very rarely did she talk. She always seemed to be that shy character. Um, throughout the whole movie, young or mm-hmm. old. Um, and I think that actress did a good job with showing that emotion. And even then, you know, like we said, when she was around Hoffman, she was happy. That was the only time you saw her happy. Um, but she never really talked much throughout the whole movie, even younger, you know. And they hit on that a lot with Russell. They're like, oh, well, she's shy. She doesn't talk. But then you see Hoffman, she's like, oh, yeah, ice cream. Thank you. And it's like, hmm. Um, so I, I think they did a good job with that, but I, I, I think the actresses did a really good job with that too, both Anna Paquin and the younger actress whose name I can't remember off the top hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And we'll, um, <clears throat> I want to deviate for a second to go to my standout uh, character in this, in this entire movie was Joe Pesci as Russell Buffalino. Oh, yes. And, and here's why, because if you are in any way, shape, or form familiar with Joe Pesci's character, his, the, his, his, his career of he, performances... He plays a crazy motherfucker who will break your nose for looking at him wrong. Yes. Yeah, he's he is, an active he, character. He is not that in this. No, I, and I loved it. I loved it. In this, he is arguably the most controlled character. The, the one who is the most focus and analytical and precise you know and i, I think um, and, and honestly caring as well 
because we see throughout the whole time and it's it's repeated at the very end of the movie russell did everything he could to keep from what happened mm-hmm. to happen to to jimmy hoff right. you know every step of the way he was the one that was like you know jimmy's jimmy you know he says what he has to says you know to say yeah. to do this and then you know approaching him at the at the, at the very end um you know the last scene where they're where they're there and you know or the, at the at the, the, the same ceremony. scene at the dancing the award ceremony you know they're they're talking and and jimmy hoff is kind of exploding you know this my union this that and the other thing right. and, and russell's like listen you know there's i'm telling you man there's gotta be there's gotta be a compromise if not you know it is what it is yeah. as they say <laughs> and i like that they hit on that in the aftermath show um Eric and I, we were talking about earlier. They, yeah, uh, yeah, they did. They talked about that scene in particular because, you know, when Scorsese was talking to Pesci and all, it's like, hey, you know, do, do I have to, like, be like my normal self and get all hyper and, and, you know, argue back with, you know, Al? And he's like, no, no, you're, you're doing the complete opposite in this scene, you know? And and I, I know they talked about that scene specifically, but the, yeah. they hinted on the fact that Pesci's character was different than all of his normal characters. Um, they, yeah. they they told him like, look, this is not the. Uh, we don't want you to be that other type of character. We want you to be something different this time. Right. Um, and they 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 did mention, <clears throat> uh, and Scorsese mentioned this during that same that same interview that I that I really liked. Um, and both Pacino and Pesci jumped on this. Was both Pacino and Pesci are known from known for playing very in your face characters. You know. Yeah. Pacino is not afraid to get in your face and, and yell and scream and, you know, make, yeah. make a whole big scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, Pesci, Pesci that. is also known for not taking that shit. Right. <laughs> so, so, you know, when they it was kind of funny, they were talking to, uh, you know, Scorsese and, and, and Pesci was like, just make sure, you know, make sure, make sure, make sure Al knows, you know, he's not yelling at me. You know, I know you want him to get emotional, but make sure he's not focusing at me. <laughs> yeah, I, I laughed when I when I heard that part of the the, the conversation or interview, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, I, I did laugh at that. I thought that was pretty neat. And, and after knowing that, if you look at the scene, it's it's done in that way where where you get to see Pacino be Pacino and and, and you know act big and kind of explode a little bit, but, but not directly at Russell. He's angry at the situation. He mm-hmm. never directs it at Russell, right, at yeah. Russell's character, because he knows Russell was there to to help him. So it works for both the character and the actors. So yeah. they didn't feel uncomfortable with each other, knowing that you know the other's going to explode on each other. You know, yeah, I, I, I laughed. Do. I laughed a lot when they when they hinted on that scene. Um, yeah, but no, I I agree. I think. Pacino in this character was amazing, even from the get-go. Like, when I first Pacino or Pesci? I'm sorry. um, Well, both, actually, but... (laughs) Both, yes. (laughs) Since we're on Pesci, before we jump to Pacino, Pesci, um, as Russell, I really liked seeing him as that character, because I I mentioned this before we started... Yeah, I mentioned this before recording, but just the other day I was watching Home Alone, so it's a completely different character. Mm -hmm. When I saw, uh, when they first introduced Pesci in the movie, to be honest... I didn't even. I had to do a double take. I didn't even realize he was getting in the car with um, Frank and De Niro when they first all get together and the ladies all get in the car and they jump. I didn't even realize it was him until like I don't know a couple yeah. minutes into the movie where they're driving down and they do the flashback at the gas station. I'm like, whoa, that was that was Pesci. 
like I just I had to do a double take. Like I just I didn't realize it um, because you know this is a different character. Um, he, I mean, he just he carries himself <clears throat> with a maturity and a a focus that we're not used to seeing out of Pesci. Mm-hmm. And I I think a part of me so. The character uh, Angelo Bruno, which was the kind oh, of the, yes. mob, the mob boss of Philly. Yeah, that so was, uh, was Har- that was Harvey Keitel. So mm-hmm. he was he was a real uh, mob boss, and he yeah. was known to just like we saw him in the movie, and just like we saw Russell, he w- wasn't one to get up and start screaming and all that stuff. He would, you know, much like Russell's character did in this movie, he didn't uh, like Russell did everything off scene. It wasn't like in you know Goodfellas when he beat Billy Bats to death for saying, go shine my shoes, you know, yeah. like he just would just look at someone, nod, and then come back and be like, uh, listen, Frank, I'm going to need you to kill Jimmy Hoffa or they're going to kill you. All right. Yeah. That's, that's the whole, that's the situation. You know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. And then Frank goes, well, okay. Huh. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like that this character, you know, you, we never saw Russell do anything. He would just, you know, you look at him and then he walks off and he comes back and something changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, you know, Frank has a meeting with, you know, uh, Bruno. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't we didn't see Russell go to him and say, hey, you know, there's this good guy. I need you to, you know, we didn't see any of that. It just it happened, which shows you that his yeah. character gets stuff done. He yeah. just doesn't do it all get in your face and, you know, all that. And they and they do that. There's that little I'm, I'm going to call it like a miniature montage when they're when they're. Uh, um when Sheeran, you know, is, is in and, and recruited and they're talking about, you know, Russell and how, you know, all lines lead back to Russell, yeah. you know, but only he's the guy that you go to, to get anything done, to ask permission for this or, you know, or, or whatever. Um, but he's also the guy that if he asks you to do something, he expects you to do it. Yeah. Not right. somebody, if he wanted somebody else to do it, he would have asked somebody else to do it. I mm-hmm. love I love yeah. that quote. Uh, three can keep a secret if two are dead. Yes, yeah, I wrote yeah. that Which down. Is a, that's actually that's a Benjamin Franklin quote. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I, yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, Frank mentions that later on, like after the whole Hoffa thing, when he was talking about mm-hmm. how he was surprised that everything was kept quiet um, because there was too many people in the mix still out there, and then <clears throat> of course they did their montage then of when everything got wrapped up. And right. all the key players were getting taken out for whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. <clears throat> which, side note, I thought was kind of neat how when you are in, introduced to some of these characters, whether they be in the movie for, like, <clears throat> two seconds or here and there, five minutes here, two minutes there, they would put on, you know, the little credits. It's like, hey, this was so-and-so. They got, you know, shot in their shot driveway. Shot five so, times you know, in their driveway. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in this year, in that year. It's like, here's, here, you know, Angelo Bruno and he said, you know, shot in the back of the head at this time, yeah. you yeah. know, on this date. So you're just like, you're just being introduced to this character, but you already know that, you know, time on this earth is limited, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Which, was, I I think there's another quote that uh, Frank says at the, at the very end. He's like, you don't, oh, what, you, what was it? It was like, you don't know how fast things go until you're there or something like that. Yeah. When he was talking yeah. to the nurse, I love that. So that, that really told us, I felt like the symbolism and that was really good where, you know, it doesn't matter what you do more or less. Everything in the moment feels so important. Mm-hmm. Like he said, you know, Hoffa was bigger than the damn Beatles in the sixties and bigger than Elvis in the fifties. 
mm-hmm. just crazy. And now here's this, you know, random nurse in 2003 goes, uh, who's that? He goes, you don't know who yeah, that yeah. is? And she goes, Jamie Hoffman. She goes, oh, oh yeah. You know, like, you don't know, know who yeah. that is. Yeah. yeah. But it's just someone being, you know, the second most powerful man in the country and then going for, to for some decades. random, yeah, some random ER nurse has no idea who he is. You know, that just really shows. I think that kind of goes back to Frank and realizing, you know, he missed out on all this experience with his daughters and his family. And, you know, mm-hmm. he changed wives and stuff like that. And now here he is just sitting in a room by himself, you know, with no one knows who he is. No one knows, you know. Yeah. Yeah. With the, the, the whole the whole line of, you know, the priest there visiting him, visiting him, saying, you know, he'll be back after Christmas. And Frank's like, it's, it's Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Right. You, know, you know, you know, I'll be here. You know, he's, I've got nothing. Oh yeah, I do. I do. I gotta talk about the ending, man. That was probably. Yes. I, I want to print out that final shot of him looking through the door there, and mm-hmm. put that on a fucking poster. I, I just loved it that much. Oh yeah, where... it was great. Like, as soon as they, they went black, I'm like, "What's next? Please tell me there's something else." Like that is, no. that is a crazy it ending. Just lets you sit there with it. It <clears throat> goes back, you know, in in the the church whenever the the priest is like. You know, do you feel sorry? And he's like, no. So you feel any remorse for the family? He's like, I didn't know the family. So he goes, well, you know, that one one time. Yeah. And then it just cuts back to, you know, poor Pacino's character. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa would always leave his door slightly open. And, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. that he did that. That kind of shows a level of remorse by kind of imitating his, Mm -hmm. you know, friend's behavior. You know, leaving the doors open just slightly. And that could be, you know just you know an escape route i, yeah. I think they say just a, a way if someone comes for me just to leave but like obviously you know he's not he's not getting up and running no well plus that's like the entrance to the room too so i mean right <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose but and i think it's 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 a dual meaning is yeah. because it's he he you know he learned that from you know his friend jimmy hoffa but he's doing it as a, in his old age for the opposite reason. Rather than doing it to be able to escape people, he's doing it because he wants people in his life. Oh. You know, he wants people. You know, he's, try, he's tried to atone for what he's done, and he's doing that. That's like his invitation type right. thing. So it's that double meaning thing, man. Yeah, yeah. What is that, like, like an inception? Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> wait. Just praying for his daughter so to walk it? through that door. Yeah. Right. And do you know what? I I really was waiting for that too. Like that's why. Like that was a powerful ending. But like when it went black, yeah, I was like, would. "Uh, where's the family? Does he make amends? What's going yeah, on?" Left, Credit. Left you on what? <laughs> if if he you know? if he made amends with his daughters, it would have been worse because I, no, I think so. I think it was a good ending. Uh, but yeah, it left it, you hanging. You're like, you know, I was waiting for something, whether the family come back or a next scene where he, you know, it's his funeral and who attends or doesn't attend. Like I was just waiting for that next step. And that just kind of leaves you. Right. It just shows. I mean, it shows that you have to live with your consequences. Yeah. The consequences yeah. of your actions you have to live with. And what, yeah. what was really good about that. So, you know, leading up, of course he says, you know, it's, it's Christmas. And he goes, you know, almost, you know, Frank Sheeran died, I think, December 14th of 2003. Yeah. So yeah. presumably right after that, he died. Died within days of that. Probably. Right. Yeah. So yeah. pretty much as soon as we fade to black, you know, that's probably just killed over right there. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, I, I really expected more from that ending scene. And the way they left it, I thought was really powerful. So, yeah, I agree with you. It was a really, really good ending scene. And uh, since we're there at that point, I will say that I really enjoyed the score during the credits. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and, and like, like actual through the credits, like with the lead guitar and all that, which I think I, I don't have the actual information in front of me, but when I was looking up that song, um, I believe the creator of the song has worked with um, – on, on other movies with Scorsese and has done scores for other movies with Scorsese over the years. I'm sure. I mean, he, he keeps um, the same, the same circle. Yeah, like yeah, he, I, he, he, he works with the same people over and over again. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it's been like, like 11 different movies, but I, <clears throat> I believe, uh, when I don't I was remember reading, that song though. I'm drawing a blank on it. Um, I, I can tell you cause I shamed it last night, but, uh, uh in, in the still of the night. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Uh, the one uh, actually, I'm sorry, no, I'm not talking about that song. I'm talking about the one actually during the credits called uh, oh. Remembrance. Oh, it no. was uh, Remembrance by Robbie Robertson. It was like where you kept hearing like the the lead guitar riffs over just mm-hmm. like like background type music. Like it yeah. wasn't actual like an, uh, like a lyrical song or anything like that. It was just like uh, electric guitars playing. When you think like Joe Satriani or um, <clears throat> different el- electric guitar players. Yeah, but anyway, when I was reading up on it, apparently it was like a tribute to uh, someone else too. But it that, from what I was reading, Robbie Robertson, um, and I could be wrong saying this, but this is what I was reading last night. He has apparently worked with Scorsese on multiple different songs for a lot of different movies. But that song I thought was also really good for the credits. Uh, that one as a, a fallback song because a lot of times when you get the credits, that first song you hear sets a tone. And a lot of people don't watch the rest of the credits because a lot of times they'll just throw other random songs in. It's like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is just the credits to you know say, hey, thank you to everyone that worked on the show or the right. movie or whatever. Uh, but sometimes they'll put really good songs throughout the whole credits. And this kind of wrap one, up the meaning of the film. Exactly. And this yeah. was one that I caught my ear because I'm like, all right, well, this is actually a pretty good song. I like this. I like the lead guitar and all. I mean, it's instrumental, but still, you know, I, I thought it was really good. And it still felt like it stuck with the tone of the movie and not just a random song thrown at the end for budget reasons or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and when I was, you know, I should say I'm going to write a little bit more about it. But I, I, <clears> like <throat> I said, I think he's worked with Scorsese on multiple different movies. And that song specifically, I, I don't remember the stats, but he teamed up with other people and kind of wrote that song in remembrance to somebody else. And the, the song title was Remembrance. And I thought that fit well with the ending of the movie with Frank and everything else. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought it, it played in well. And not so many movies, when you get into that part of the credits, are they still thinking about the movie? A lot of times it's just like, oh, hey, listen to this cool soundtrack because it's awesome and it's in the credits. And, you know, half the people don't even read these things anyway. Like, but this time it's like you followed it to the end, uh, which I thought was really cool. Right. What I so before the really cool score, you know, the when they played in Still of the Night, as soon as it cuts to black, yes, it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's in the Still of the Night where it goes like show do show be do 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 yeah, and it just kind of it's a hard like contrast of it makes you sit there and go, is something good about to happen? You know, mm-hmm. it goes from like a uh, the the complete dead silence of panning out through the door and you just see an old decrepit man and it starts playing this like really nice upbeat you know old school song, <clears throat> yeah. Which is something that was like, it was popularized back in like Vietnam, where they like show, you know, videos of war and all these terrible atrocities, then just have some like upbeat song over it, and yeah. you're just like, what is that? And of course, those are all anti-war campaigns, so I think it kind of gave the same message, yeah. of like, you know, a sort of peace deal, you know, saying, well, what'd you do all that for? You know, everyone you know is dead. You're dying. Your family hates you. 
<clears throat> on on the everyone knows you're dead dead uh, aspect. During this same ending time when he's going around doing the coffins and, 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 and whatnot, the one thing that I absolutely loved, which which struck the most real, is when he's being you know he's being followed by the agents mm-hmm. again, and they and they and they you know pull him aside to interview him, and you see him wearing his retired Teamsters hat in, yeah. the, in the wheelchair, and he's just going with what he knows, you know you know. Uh, Unfortunately, guys, there's nothing new. I have to refer to you, refer to you to my you know to my attorney, and they're like, "Dude, your attorney's been dead. <laughs> like, yeah. like, Who killed him? So, so Cancer did. No one else is left. <laughs> like you're the last one. You know." I, I looked up his attorney, and like the attorney had been dead about five years, you know, before yeah. that scene. So he'd been dead a while. It wasn't yeah. like he just died. You know, so I I thought that was really really cool. Yeah, and yeah, I did. I did too. And I was like, that was just kind of like the, for lack of better phrasing, the nail in the coffin of of things being real. Where yeah. you know he he the, he literally is at the end of his life and has no one left. Right. Yeah. He outlived all of them. Not his family. Nobody. You know, it's. It was uh, that that one kind of kind of struck strong with me. Um, I'm going to dig into trivia for, for just a brief moment because I, I found this very, very interesting. And, and, and I, I thought about this fact when we were talking about how uh, or I brought up how um, Scorsese t- tends to work with the same, uh, you know, same people in a bunch of different movies. Mm, mm-hmm. Blew my mind and didn't even realize it. Um, and this will kind of be a good, good segue to talk about a different character. This is the first time Martin Scorsese and Al Pacino have ever worked together. Yes, yes. I picked that up in the aftermath, like huh. in that yeah. little little conversation with the four of them, um, because they talked about a scene um, where, and I know we hit on this right beforehand, The uh, they were using the um, de-aging technology, so on, and we were yeah, talking about this, this in the conversation. The, <clears throat> this is the Hoffa scene, right, when he's in the, in the house with his family? Yes, yeah, and they're talking about yeah, the Kennedys yeah. and being all that, and he has to get up out of his chair, and he's ranting this and that, and I laughed because... Uh, Scorsese's telling the story about how this was his first day working with Pacino. And I'm like, wait, what? And like, I had to do a double take. I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that either. But I caught that when he said it. And he's like, you know, we're going through and we're doing this technique and he's got, you know, everything looks good. He's got, you know, whatever makeup and he's got the, they had these cameras set up with the little dots on his face and they had everything ready to go. And like, they're sitting there like, all right, yeah, you're doing good. Like, all right, let's do it again. Like, oh, your scene's great. You know, you're, 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 um, you're on script. Everything's good. And like one of the other guys leans to Scorsese or, um, and goes, hey, um, yeah, everything's good and all, but he's supposed to be like 49 or something in this scene. I was like, he needs to kind of like jump up out of his chair a little bit faster. He's, and he's, he's like, moving oh. like he's 77, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. he is. <laughs> he's like, um, and, and Scorsese is like, well, I, I don't want to go tell him that. This is, this is my first day working with him. He's like, can someone else go tell him that? And I, I laughed hysterically when uh, they were referencing that that conversation because <laughs> he was like, "This is my first day working with Pacino. I don't want to go and tell him he's got he's got to do this or that wrong." Apparently, or... apparently from that same that same interview though, Pacino, uh. Pacino took it in stride though because every time they they, you know, did a retake of that scene after that, Pacino would shout out what age he was doing yeah. before he got up. <laughs> yeah. he'd, so he'd stand up and go, "That was fifty two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was 65. <laughs> so I, I thought that was really, really, really cool how that was something that 
apparently wasn't thought about it first, but they started to realize when, when you know, when they first started filming. You've got filming, older actors that are playing, yeah, you know, younger, younger people. And I think they um, hit on that a little bit more with, um, you know, De Niro and all that. And like, hey, in this scene, you know, you got to kind of stand up a little bit taller, kind of stride a little bit more because you're a little bit younger. Move a little bit quicker. You know, this one, you got a little thing. slower because you're a little bit older. Like, they actually had to keep track of that throughout the movie, which I thought was neat because, I didn't even think about that. I mean, we looked mm-hmm. at the, we briefly talked about the visual aspect of it um, earlier, uh, just about how you know there are scenes where they looked really really young and looked good, and other scenes are like yeah. And the different things that we don't pay attention to is that you know how quickly he got out of the chair, how straight that they're walking down the the steps. I'd never would have pictured any of that had I not you know heard them talking about it during recording. The, the one time the old man movement really stuck out to me was the curb stomp scene. Okay. Sheeran yeah, I mean, is, is def- defending his daughter's honor and, and takes out the uh, the store owner and just mm-hmm. starts... Yeah, yeah, that scene, that little he's, bit he's, right there. He's kicking like an old man. I thought you know, it was cool, but I thought it was like... I think that one scene, in my opinion, was the only poorly choreographed scene. Yeah. You know, yeah. like when the guy falls down, he reaches up and like slaps the middle of the door and then the whole door fucking shatters. Yeah. You know, that didn't look right. <laughs> And then he crawled out, and then, you know, and maybe it's just because, you know, Robert De Niro's old, but <laughs> none of his hits looked convincing. No, no. Not a one, what, like he, yeah. like, kicked him in the face. It looked like it was just, like, it looked like that take was not supposed to be in the movie. Yeah. There was just so yeah. many things. That was, like I said, the only scene that I went, huh, I don't like that. Yeah, I didn't That's like anything yeah. about that. Story-wise, I, I like Peggy's reaction. Good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole the, point the, of that was for Peggy, scene, but the meaning of the scene still came across, but yeah, the, the, the actual actions were pretty harsh. It was such a wide angle scene too. I think they could have gotten away with having someone else do it, you know? Probably. Yeah, probably. By it, I can only assume Robert De Niro did it because like you said, he moved like an old man and they wouldn't have a stunt double move like an old man at that point. Mm -mm. No. And I also see zero mentions of, um, stunt doubles at all. I mean, even as I was going through trivia, um, I saw a fun fact, the, the scene, um, in prison, yeah. Where, well, they, they talked about the, that. In I the, can't remember the other guy's name. Um, had that conversation. Pro Tony Pro, yeah, Tony Pro. Um, are having that convers that conversation. That whole tussle that they get in, yeah, get into, is really both actors. You know, that's Pacino yeah. on his ass. But and they talked know. about that in the um, the aftermath uh, little thing that they, they brought that conversation up, um, briefly, but they, they did hit on that. And I, I yeah, think yeah. Al um, said I can't something about that about in the aftermath, but it's also the, uh, I've got it in my trivia as well, but the whole slapping the ice cream away, you know, Tony mm-hmm. pro slapping, you know, um, the ice Jimmy Hoffa's ice cream array right before they start fighting. That was, that was improv. So the reaction we see from Al Pacino, when he looks up like, like shocked, that's Al Pacino because the, uh, the, I can't remember his name. The actor that played Tony pro did that as like an improv. Cause he thought it would make a better, it would fit the character more. Uh, Steven Graham. Yeah. I think it is. Yes, I yes, pulled thank up. you. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, cause pretty, uh, they didn't, as far, if I remember correctly, they didn't hit on that on the aftermath, but you know, Al yeah. just mentioned about how during that scene, they actually were tussling or something. And he just makes yeah. a comment about it. They don't really get into much detail with it. Yeah, I don't uh, but think there's uh, any mention of, of, of double stunt doubles or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think, and in the grand scheme of things, there's not that much, for being a mobster movie, there's not a lot of physicality. No, no. You, no. Which you, is what you I kind of like. You have those few moments, but there's, 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 there's definitely violence. 
you know, a lot of gunplay, but not a lot of physicality. Oh man, I, so. I I do I do really love how this movie treated, um, like the the death scenes, like killing, like the like the you know mm-hmm. murder scenes, where it was always this really long, lengthy lineup. When you know, like, oh, Whispers is gonna get got because he tried to kill, you know, he tried to take mm-hmm. out Bruno's you know laundry industry, and he knew it. And then it walks up, and the actual scene is, hey, what's just ah, pop, pop, and he just keeps walking. And yeah, throws, it's like, throws a gun in the river. That was it. it. And then yeah. even, you know, the end with Jimmy Hoffa, I, the contrast between um, Jimmy Hoffa, you know, uh, Al Pacino being this character who's always moving and enunciating and slamming his arms around and being big to just, yeah, and then he falls on the ground. And, you know, that was the most powerful man, the second most powerful man in the country. Yeah. And there he is just on the ground, and then he just sets his gun on him, and then walks out. Yeah. And I think what the the worst scene was probably when he went after I think the guy's name was Joe or something at the diner, yeah, you know, where he actually like was, went in, did a little gunfight, and let oh, outside. Yeah, that was, that was and then uh, jumped the crazy car and Joe Gallo, which yeah. that leads me to the thing that I think I appreciated next to the symbolism. Uh, you know, a lot of the things was obviously like mocked up for Hollywood and things mm-hmm. like that. Oh, but yeah. the things with Joe Gallo, like, like I love. I love like mob history and things like that. And they held that pretty close. Uh, they're very sure that Frank Sheeran didn't kill him, but he got killed in that diner on his birthday. And it started, do you remember the scene right <clears throat> before that, um, before the Copacabana scene where they show that black guy go up and, and shoot that guy on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I first saw that and I went, I don't know what that was. And they said, Oh, that was, you know, when, columbus circle um and i go oh i know what that was so that was uh joe colombo was on stage talking about the uh like uh, joe colombo was a uh, was a mob boss mm-hmm. and it is believed that crazy joe gallo hired a black guy jerome a. johnson to go up there and put three in the guy yeah into joe colombo but they couldn't really prove it they were pretty sure it was him because as you know uh before that, they talked about, you know, Crazy Joe. He kidnapped his bosses. You don't fuck, and he got away with that. You don't do that. Yeah, nobody he, trusts him because he's he's right. Him he and his brother his actually own. betrayed. They were part of the the Profaci family under the Columbos, and um, he actually ordered, got some guys together, and kidnapped four of his bosses, including the underboss of the fucking wow. Profaci family. Held them, and he's like, "Give us money," and they're like, "No, we're not going to give you money." And then eventually, they're like, "All right, fine, let him go." And everything but then they're like yeah we're gonna kill this guy so then they put a hit out on him which didn't end up getting redeemed until after the copacabana scene when you know in the movie frank sheeran rushed in and and killed him you know there on his birthday yeah and um something else that i thought was cool they made a very very quick reference to uh what was his name uh the comedian who was on stage Oh yeah, in that oh, scene, uh, Don Don yeah. Rickles. So he said, That's "Oh, what yeah. Rickles, the only one who can make jokes." So he was a comedian back in that day. Oh yeah, and who and, re- relatively recently died, right? Like not that long ago. And the thing was, he was uh, so that was Don Rickles was the guy who said, "Oh, you know, I work Jews, I work Italians, well, not those Italians." You know that whole scene. That yeah. was supposed to be Don Rickles, who uh, in the movie Casino, you know that other Martin Scorsese movie, he actually played uh, the head of security at the Tangiers. Yeah. So I love how Scorsese's huh. movies like tie back to each other. Like the real Don Rickles, obviously that wasn't the real Don Rickles on stage, yeah. but the real Don Rickles was in Casino as the head of security, who was like, "Hey, yeah, uh, you know, uh, talking to 
uh, Robert De Niro's character saying, "Hey, we got we got a problem." And then Robert wow. De Niro went back there and did what he did. So I, I yeah. thought that was really cool that it all tied together. So I, I wondered while watching this movie how much. I, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a Hollywood movie, so we can't sit there and say like, "Oh, this was based off a true event and this and that." But I wondered how much was pulled from actual history. You know, like how much they were like, well, we know this or we speculate this or, you know, this is just made up from scratch. We don't have no clue what happened. Uh, so I wondered how much kind of related back to true events during this well, time frame. I mean, the 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 events definitely occurred. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the only thing that's not like. Well, I meant with like individual characters and all. You like when you kept seeing the like, different scenes like, oh, this was so and so got died here. And this, you know, and then they would introduce like, oh, this is my cousin, blah, blah, blah. And they would say different things. I wondered how much of it like actually related to real events or or real family members you know different things like that you know as far as like how much history was actually put into this movie is what i wondered a bunch i mean every everyone who's everyone in that movie um who you see that little tagline for are Mm -hmm. real people yeah yeah so like like everyone (laughs) in this movie is a real person now Uh, uh, russell's wife wasn't real Uh, carrie buffalino wasn't a real person yeah Every major um, character. Who every did. major character was was a real person. Now, some of the events, uh, you know, are absolutely like like Beck mentioned with the um, the the diner scene. You know, he mm-hmm. he really died there. Sheeran wasn't the one that did that did it, right? But that, that we know of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he really died there. So there are there are you know some some creative liberties taken with it, and there's absolutely creative liter- liberties with the whole you know Jimmy Hoffa dying because. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, we don't know that he died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We missing, don't know what happened. The missing. So the, the whole movie, by that, by that by that standpoint, is entirely mm-hmm. fictional. But um, a, a lot of it uh, was, m- most of it was based in reality. Uh, but of course, a lot of the things is, especially when you get into crime, if no one's convicted, and even if they are, the guy goes, I didn't do it. And they go, yes, you did. And he goes, no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know, you have no people don't talk about this. Yeah, you know, people yeah. can speculate who killed Jimmy Hoffa, and they're they're pretty sure Frank Sheeran didn't actually kill Jimmy Hoffa, and they're pretty sure Frank Sheeran didn't kill uh, Joe Gallo, and things like that. But we can't know for sure. You know, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there's some old ass mob bosses right now who know, but they're gonna take that they're gonna take that knowledge to the grave. They're not gonna fucking tell anybody. Yeah, oh, yeah. And if yeah. they do, it's gonna be a lot like Frank Sheeran, where we can't tell how much of it is real and how much of it is him yeah. like trying to make a name for himself. You know. Yeah. I, I just, you know, watched the movie. I thought about mm-hmm. that, like, you know, because I'm not really big on, on history. And it's, it's not that I don't have an interest in it. It's just I don't know. I didn't do my research on all the different family members. I You know, as far as history goes, you know, obviously main events and stuff stuck out to me watching this movie. But I, I was curious, you know, how much of it actually tied into to real events. And just because some movies that you watch are just like, oh, well, this is all made up. And some movies are like, oh, did this really happen? Because like even movies that are based off of actual live events or true events, like, you know, based off of real event or based off of this, yeah. you have to go back and go separate, okay, what was done in the movie and what was actually, you know, what really happened. And so it was, I was curious just as this movie went, you know, how much they actually brought into the movie. And so that's, that's neat to know with all those different scenes and those different characters that they actually did their homework and they didn't just kind of like make it up on the fly. They right. actually kind of, you know, tied the two together on such a thin line that sometimes you can't tell what is what without going and doing the research and all that. Um, so I thought that, I thought, I think that's actually really, really cool. And that alone is good trivia for me. But real quick, I want to get back on to um, Al Pacino 
we, we've mm. hit we've yeah. talked we've brought him up multiple times in this conversation and we keep deviating away i liked al pacino in in this movie but it, uh, he was another one that it took me a minute to realize it was al pacino like i knew al pacino was in the movie but like when we finally introduced his character i'm like oh wait that's al pacino like you visually you know it took me a second too because this isn't the al pacino that i'm used to yeah. right off the bat I mean, obviously, I saw it more as the movie went on. I'm like, yep, this is Al Pacino. But, like, it, it took me a minute to figure out, you know, the t- character he was playing and so on throughout this movie. Um, again, I went into this movie not knowing the history on Hoffa or anybody else. Uh, but I think he did a, a good job with this character, just just like, you know, De Niro and um, Pesci did with their characters as well. He was very he was very uh, Pacino without being Pacino. He became more yeah. Pacino... As it went along, as right. we started mm-hmm. Jimmy Hoffa start to lose it a little bit, the, then we started seeing more of the Al Pacino that we know. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's when I started seeing it more, like, as the movie went on. So, like, at first, it's like, oh, wait, that, there's Pacino. I was like, it doesn't seem like Pacino. Are you sure that's I mean, Pacino? Like, you, know, you start second-guessing yourself. You're like, it looks like him. It sounds like I mean, him. But it doesn't doesn't really – it's not really him, you know? I mean, these are titans. Even, even, even you know, Harvey Keitel. You oh, yeah, know, yeah. Um, in, in this movie, who, who has like four lines as, yeah. as uh, what's his name, the big mom boss, big mob boss, uh, Angel, yeah. Angelo Bruno, Angelo, yep. that's right. Yep. Um, I yeah, mean, I, I this saw movie, him. I was like, oh it, wow, I recognize him. This that. movie is full of of titans of this genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone in this movie is is known for being in this type of movie, which, <laughs> but they're playing characters that are different from the type of characters they normally play which i i i enjoyed um the only exception being um de niro the sheeran character was a very de niro character yeah you know? of the three of the yeah. three you know of the three actors you know pesci de niro and pacino the only one i could see playing sheeran was de niro you know? yeah de niro yeah, i, I, I don't think would have been able to pull off Russell, you know, De Niro wouldn't have been able to pull off Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. so, I, I so, can agree. Yeah, De Niro is the only the only actor, not to discredit his performance in the slightest, that was playing, you know, the same type of character that we've seen him play before. Yeah, I, I think all three were great actors for their. Characters. Oh, of course. And, I mean, of even the, the whole movie, like everyone did a great job uh, for their their specific characters. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, you. I mean, Pacino as Hoffa, though. I mean, he he just became a little bit more Pacino as it went on. Um, mm-hmm. His his, I think Pesci's de aging was the best, with a close second being Pacino. You know, yeah. I think the the work they did with Pesci, was definitely the best. Like I, I, there was zero moments when I saw Pesci on screen during the different time periods that I didn't buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, Pacino close second. Very rarely did I not buy it. And I think De Niro was 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 the worst as far as that de aging. But I think that also he also suffers from the one that it happened to him the most because we're following his character throughout the entire yeah. life. Yeah, so it's one of those you start catching you, more you and see more because you see of his him, character yep. de age than you do the others. See, something I really liked about the de aging is I don't think when they de aged. Um, you know Frank's character. I don't think that was supposed to look like, you know, young Robert De Niro. I would have been so unimmersed if I see freaking uh, Ace Rothstein from Casino. 
I would have been so upset if that's who we're dealing with, but we're not. We're, we're dealing with some working stiff who we've never seen before. And then he slowly becomes his character. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't have liked it if he looked, you know, if it was like some Disney level, it just looks like a younger him. Mm-hmm. It's this different guy who's, you like know. Gemini Man. Right. He just, just this old, just, just this guy who just has to work his way up, just, you know goes from being a one of a thousand working stiffs to a guy who paints houses you know yeah not that it's robert de niro that it's just a young frank sheeran yeah um and i i i really like that um i also loved his green casket i thought that was that was a good little touch is the irishman oh something yeah. cool i yeah. don't i don't want to intrude on your trivia but do you remember this stood no, out by all means. this stood out to me a lot whenever he was picking his <clears> plot <throat> and he was in the the mausoleum yeah, he picked uh, Crip 1948, which yeah. was the year that his character met Joe Pesci's character Russell. Yeah, which I thought uh, was really cool. They said 1948, and I said, "What happened in 1948?" And then I, I, I did not, I did not pick up on that. But yeah. that is a that yeah, is a fun either. fact, sir. That is a Anytime, whether it be intentional or not. That is a fun I'm sure fact. it was. Anytime that <laughs> it he, had because he says that one, and he, she didn't go okay, and then write it down. She went nine. 1948. 40, okay. Yeah. And I go, that was weird. Why did you put emphasis <laughs> on that? Yeah. Um, uh, a very, so, go ahead, Jordan. No, no, you're good. Cause I was going to, you continue. Cause I was going to transition to back to the de-aging real quick. Oh no, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I thought it was kind of neat in the after show. Um, when I watched that, they, they hit on the whole de-aging thing about when they were first, uh, or I guess, um, Scorsese was first introduced with it. And they were like, "Hey, you know, we got this program and all. Would you guys, you know, would you be able to use it with your movie?" And this time, he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I know. I've seen what you guys have been doing with everything else." He's like, "I, I, I don't know." He's like, "You know, I need my actors to actually look at each other. I can't have them wearing all this crap all over the face and stuff." And I like how he mentioned, you know, he made the comment about, you know, like the actors having like tennis balls and stuff hanging all over the face while they're trying to act. Right. Um, but I laughed because it was neat to see the behind the scenes when they actually showed it how they have these camera rigs. And it's not just a normal camera. Like, when they bring in a camera, it's, like, instead of just them having, like, one or two cameras doing different angles, these things have, like, three or four different lenses and all. And they said it's, like, you know, we're, we've got, like, nine, ten different cameras facing us. Where do we look? You know, what do we do here? And I, I thought that was kind of neat to see the, the process behind it. Because uh, I guess, essentially, they would have, um, you know, a couple little dots and stuff on their face. And they'd have all these different cameras getting all their angles. Um, and that was something they had to work with, which I thought was kind of neat. And I think once or twice they actually showed a scene <clears throat> with and without the de-aging together to kind of show yeah. how they did the process. And I thought that was really, really cool because I know, you know, we've come a long way with technology. And, you know, we used to have the full you know, full body suits tracking the motions and you know, the face with all these different dots and everything else. You had to put all this makeup on. And I think that was one of the things that Scorsese talked about with you know, the difference between like makeup and the de-aging thing and they almost didn't go with it but i think they kind of tried it out and i think they had good luck with it but i think it paid off in the long run you know we we talked about how you know there was a couple scenes where it's like you can tell it's not the best Mm -hmm. graphics and there's other scenes where you couldn't even tell the difference it's like wow that's really really good uh a lot better than like eric and i have talked about gemini man in the past (sighs) uh that was rough um I think they did. That was harsh. Yeah. And I think they did a great job. And this kind of goes back with when we were talking about them realizing the ages that they played. I think the fact that 
they were able to go, hey, this age, you were this, or this senior, this age, this senior, this age, and their acting kind of helped take up some of that um, digital aspect of it. Right. Because uh, I think, Eric, you mentioned earlier that some of the biggest scenes that you knew the difference was looking at, I think, uh, De Niro's eyes, you said. It's like when you look closely, it's like, yeah, yeah, that doesn't do it right. Because the face looks right, but the eyes are a little different. And that's, I mean, that's something they can only do so much without extra context and making some this and that. But I still think it was neat to watch all those different cameras uh, in the Aftermath show and how they did those scenes with the de-aging. I thought it was really, really neat. Um, but I also want to kind of hit on some of the other techniques. You know, they, there was several other scenes throughout the movie, which you could just say Scorsese. Um, there were some transitions I really liked, one of which was towards the end of the hospital scene. Uh, or not the hospital, I guess it was more the retirement home. Like when uh, after the nurse leaves and you were talking about the whole him talking about Hoffa and then when, you know, the late, the nurse didn't have any idea who it was and like they're following mm -hmm. her down the hall and then it just does a quick like 180 back and it just quickly transitions to nighttime and you, you kind of hear the priest talking in the room. I thought that was really cool. Uh, there were some other scenes like that throughout the whole movie that I really, really liked. Uh, so visually... I think this movie did a real good job with um, I, I can't just say lighting because some of it took place like open cities and, and escapes right. and all that. But even then there were some really good scenes with, you know, the classic dining, low lit rooms where everyone's meeting, talking a lot of that stuff. I think they did a really, really good job. And I wouldn't expect anything less from a Scorsese movie, uh, but they had some really nice transitions between different scenes. Um, I really liked uh, Frank's kind of like, um, voiceover like in some of the scenes when he's like you know for this kind of job you would do this you know for this job you do that and then they had that scene where like all the guns are on the bed and it's like well you know some say this now nah, i don't want that and he's just like pushing the guns aside to figure out which one he wanted to use like i, that I really was the liked one leading up to the um the cat the diner scene the yeah diner the diner scene. yeah 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 uh, I, I like that too <clears throat> but and i like the um i like the cutouts Sorry, to, I, I didn't mean to jump in. You no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to transition. Like I, I want your guys' opinion on these scenes because I, I thought they were really cool. So, I mean, go ahead. Which, um, uh, which diner scene is this? The the shootout with, ah, um, with crazy, uh, crazy, crazy Joe Gallo? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, the lead up to that where he's looking at the gun. You know, you need two guns for this type that of job. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. He's kind of breaking them down. <clears> you know, and then the, but the driver only knows this. He's going to drop me off. He's going to wheel around the block, and he's going to pick yeah. me back up. You know, that's it. Um, but even before that, like when he's first getting started and he's doing the voiceover of uh, dumping the guns, you know, yes. he's dumping the guns in the same <clears throat> spot. And he, and he has that line mm -hmm. of, you know, if they ever if they ever dredge this river, they'd have enough. There'd be enough firepower to arm a small country. Yeah. And it just pans down to the bottom of the water and there's like shotguns and pistols. And <laughs> yeah, there's like anything and everything. <laughs> and then it cut, cut to his montage of him, you know, doing all the jobs in quick succession. It's just yep. him throw a shotgun in there, him throw a rifle in there, him throw yep. two pistols in there. Yep. Yep. I, I just I loved that uh that 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 quick breakdown where you mm -hmm. got the sense of like he mentions, you know, his time in the you know, in, in the military, it's just this is just what you do. You know, this is just yep. what he does. Oh, and that was true you as know? well. I think he was in I think Frank Sheeran was in I think the forty ninth infantry in the war. Oh yeah. So yeah, he was I, he was I, actually I he was up. actually so he was uh yeah, it was everything he said was right. All the uh, invasions and the time that mm -hmm. he served—it wasn't very long. I think it was like two years. Um, yeah, but that was that was all true. I did like that scene though. He's like, you don't know, and th that also 
when he said, you know, you don't, when, sorry, him and uh, Russell are talking in Italian, I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. They're sitting Which, down com- communing with their bread. Fun fact, not just for the movie, both Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro are fluent Italian speakers in real life. I figured as much. They both speak That's Italian awesome. fluently. I was, I was, I was listening to, um, I, I knew Joe Pesci spoke Italian. I kind of figured Robert De Niro did. But just hearing him talk, it, it sounded very natural. It didn't sound it yeah. fake. It didn't sound like he was, you know, just making, just kind of sounding it out phonetically or anything. But I love that scene, and I love where he was talking. You know, you wonder why people dig their own graves, you know? Like, like they just keep doing it. Maybe they think there's a chance that if you do it oh, fast yeah. enough, they won't do it. And then it cuts, you, you know, think about all job. the other movies when people dig their own graves. It's like, yeah. fucking why? <laughs> um... um speaking of like the monologues and all i i will say i kind of liked the transition in the very beginning uh when he's doing the monologue and you first like you're going down the hall of you see him at the retirement home like in the wheelchair and he's all dressed up and he's you know telling the story i love how it's like it's going down the hall you start the monologue and it's coming up behind him and you start seeing him and the monologue's going and then like halfway through the monologue it transitions to just him actually talking Right. Like, I thought that was really cool. Like, I had to do a retake. I'm like, wait a minute. Was he just doing a monologue? Or, or was, it, was the movie just lagging? I just didn't see him talking. Like, it was, like, a nice transition. Like, wow, that's kind of cool. And if you remember, that song they were playing was the song that they ended on. The shoo-doo, yeah. shoo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Yep. So it starts as him as an old man and ends with him as an old man. Same song playing. That was really yep. cool, though. Um, I uh, actually didn't notice that. That he was... Yeah. It cut straight to him talking. Yeah, Which, yeah, the monologue was like so perfect. I literally had to rewind it because I, I thought it just was, did one of those things. Like, you ever watch TV and it's like the audio starts going, but the video is right. not playing right. You right. have to like kind of resync it. That's what I thought at first. I'm like, oh man. So like, I, I stopped it and rewatched it, and I'm like, no, they went from voiceover monologues directly into him talking like mid monologue. I was like, that's kind of a cool transition. I did, I did really like when they would cut back to him doing an interview, presumably with the guy who the private investigator who uh who wrote the book right yeah mm-hmm. um i really love that where you're sitting there doing the thing and then you're like oh yeah we're i forgot we're sitting down listening to a story of this old man yeah, yeah. you know telling us a story and uh real quick the the de-aging eric i think the reason that you thought it was so jarring the eyes was kind of a meta i think it's because you know robert de niro well you know that his eyes are brown so when it cuts to him with these bright ass blue you know eyes, what? you go, I something's right. not right. Whereas, yeah, I think you're right. Whereas, because the, if you showed it to someone who had no uh, idea who Robert De Niro was, I guarantee they wouldn't notice. Because the eyes yeah, aren't. I bad. was gonna say, just it, something's it off because you. It, you go, it didn't bother me. Did any. Robert De Niro always have bright ass blue you, eyes? You know what? I think you're right. I think that's why. Um, you know, even even you know when he's when the character gets older, but they're still de aging him. Um, I don't have as much of a problem with the eyes because the eyes become like, as you get older, your eyes become more faint and right. more blend in with your face a little bit more. So I think you're right. I, th- I think it is a little bit, it was, it a little was, bit it more was, meta is I'm was, just so familiar with Robert. I Robert it was jarring face. to me. I thought about it and went, why are his eyes weird? I'm like, I thought about <laughs> casino. I'm like, I would have noticed if Robert De Niro had the brightest blue eyes I ever did see. <laughs> Because, you know, I knew him. Well, I, I was big on him, like, in, you know, Goodfellas in 90 and Casino in 95. I go, he didn't have blue eyes. Well, I think part of his, part of it m- might be this, too. I don't think those were, like, like 
I may have had less of a problem with it if it was Robert De Niro wearing contacts, which I think it was mm. when he gets older. But I think young De Niro, when they're de-aging him, I think they just made his like digitally made his eye blue rather than I mean I'm I'm sure him they, wearing blue contacts. I'm sure they did, but I think <laughs> it was more because for me that first scene was the only scene that stood out to me. Yeah. And I think maybe we just kind of got used to it and now yeah. see him as Frank Sheer and a no longer Robert De Niro where you yeah, go, this guy fair. has blue eyes, so your brain just kinda gets used to it because I didn't notice any weird CGI outside of that very first scene. Yeah. Um, which I think was because, you know, they're outside. It was so brightly lit. You know, they're on a highway. Yeah. Um, the I, the only other scene I can think of that does stick out for De Niro's facial stuff in particular was when the first time he's having the phone call with Jimmy Hoffa. Wow. Well, okay. Know, that one that, that scene, that scene when he's on the phone with them, just the, the lighting was mm-hmm. where I could most notice. It was obvious his face was CG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can agree with you because that scene, it was like you could tell something was off. I mean, if you look closely, I'm sure you could you know narrow it down, but it did seem like it was a little off scene. It was still a good scene, but yeah, I, I think it had something to do with the lighting on the the CGI. Yeah. All, like the, the all I noticed in that scene was that his tie was crooked, like the knot, <laughs> the knot at the top of his tie. If you look at it, man, it is like sideways, and it was so upsetting. <laughs> it was like well, a at least kid, he had one. It, it was like, like I can't focus on anything. Else. I really couldn't. And, <laughs> I, I was hyper focused on his tie because it looked like someone who had tied their first tie tied the knot. You know, it would take two seconds to straighten it out. So I don't know. Maybe he just threw it on, or I think, something. I, th- I think that I think that's just you being my brother. We were ra- we were raised in a household it where was... you do not leave the house without a straight tie. And these are these are mobsters. They'd get shot if they showed up to a meeting not looking professional. You remember <laughs> like, you like saw the that, meeting that scene with, with Tony Pro? Yeah. He said, "Oh, you're wearing you wore fucking shorts. shorts. You wear shorts to a fucking scene. meeting." That, that was a great a scene. I love that. That, that, that was really good. Said, yeah, you're, you're 15 I'll minutes apologize. late and you're wearing shorts. I'll apologize for saying you people if you apologize for being late. Yeah. And then Frank goes, come on, dude, come, just. And then even Tony Pro's boy there was like, oh, come on. Like, dude, <laughs> fucking, you got all the petty, but to them it's a, you know, you know, disrespect. Of which, yeah, yeah. More than, more, I've never waited, I've never waited for a meeting with, with a man more than 10 minutes. He said, well, yeah, it should yeah. be 15 minutes. I'm like, how about 12 and a half? Yeah, just be in the middle. And then everyone goes, yeah, I like that. It's just the peanut gallery from the background, you know, just cracking jokes. Um, I also liked when they start going the, doing that whole back and forth later on, like obviously when things get worse and uh, Frank's trying to be the middleman between uh, Alpha <laughs> and uh, who Russell? was uh, – no, well, not just Russell, but uh, mm-hmm. the other one, uh, Dominic, uh, who played uh, Fat Tony. Oh yeah, Fat Tony. It, later on, <laughs> when it was kind of like, tell tell him I said this, and it's literally cuts back, and like Frank's just in the middle. Like they they did that cut scene so well, where like Frank forth, doesn't say he like yeah, well he kind of said this, and then it starts leading up to you just see Frank sitting there, and it's just the two of them talking back and forth per cut scene. And then, I'm like, that's awesome, I love that. And then uh, Jimmy Hoffa just goes, all right, you know what? Forget it. And Frank's just like, oh dude, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um. Frank I, always had to be that uh, that 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 calming. The hey, listen, just hear him out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just. Yeah, I, I liked a lot of those scenes. He's here, he, you're here. Might as well hear him out. See, well, some of the other scenes that really stuck out um, were the slow motions. I want to get your guys' opinions on those. They kind of like caught me on left field, but at the same time were good. Uh, but like the wedding scene, and then there was uh, you talked about the shooting 
the at one point but like the slow motion was weird because it's like parts of it were slow motion parts of it weren't and there was a nice transition cut back and forth but it, it's kind of to me it was thrown in there but in a good way but enough to kind of make you go hmm it's well, weird i kind of like it it, it, it is sure. a scorsese style there's yes, always some yes, sort of so. slow motion sequence you See. know in his movies um I'm, or most of them, at least. I'm thinking it was well placed because I don't remember any slow motion. <laughs> oh, so I think I for that me. reason, it was so organic <laughs> that it wasn't jarring to me because I don't even fucking remember it being like what, what scene the was wedding. slow motion. I vividly remember the wedding scene. The wedding like, was toward, one towards of them. the end because all I could focus on in the wedding scene was Ray Romano's face. <laughs> yes, yes. So like the, the whole wedding scene was, but it was back and forth. Like there was parts that were slow motion. There was parts that were normal. If you if you if you looked closely, it was like as they're walking in, it was all slow motion. But when they're standing, like I think when they're standing up, it wasn't as slow. Like they, it was sounds like they had different speeds. But the um the the one shooting you were talking about earlier with the uh, the one guy on stage that you were hitting it on that was all in slow motion. Yeah, the, the the voiceover and everything else, the um, Columbo, the yeah, the Columbo scene, that yeah. was in slow motion. That was the okay, shooting I do, part. I do of remember it was. that. That yeah. was sick though. When yeah, like, so the, I mean, like, that, that scene where he shoots it, and then you see him start pulling the trigger. You see the chamber start moving, and you see him yeah. catch it right in the fucking neck. Uh, oh, that was yeah. so cool. Well, and despite that scene being cooler slow mo than the wedding scene, Scorsese only uses slow motion to indicate an event occurring. While something else is occurring, and that was that was because, the hit. Yes, yeah. Because and then the that wedding was, was that was, yeah. The, the the wedding was happening while this other stuff was going on. Yeah. You maybe, know? And it, maybe that's why I don't remember it because I was so unbothered by the wedding. Like I said, I barely remember the wedding yeah. scene because it was just. I, I remember, like you said, I remember. Uh, the wedding uh, was just the alibi. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Bill, it was just Bill, like it's supposed to be a meeting for everybody. Everyone's supposed to meet at the meeting to discuss everything, and it was. I uh, do. I do remember they, they Bill Buffalino now. He was uh, Ray Romano's character. Yeah. I, I remember him now. I think that was probably all I remember from that. Yeah. Which shout out to Ray Romano, man! I thought he did a great job. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. Yeah. Like he, I, 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 re- I, I loved him at the at the beginning, where he's sitting down there at the desk and he's like, uh, "Yeah, it's the attorney." These things. And he's, <laughs> he's like, he's like, "Now are you willing to name names?" And he goes, "No." He's like, no. "All right, you're good." <laughs> yeah. He's like. No, they can only fire you for a very specific set of things. You know, this, 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 and this, which he hadn't <laughs> done any of. Yeah. And, and it, Frank's like, what about stealing? Well, can they prove it? I don't think so. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I love that he's like, he's like, he's like you want to know if I did it? Yeah, he's like, well, yeah. I work very hard for them when I'm not stealing from them. And he goes, ah. <laughs> and that was, I think no, that was I, just him getting a feel for that, that he was a stand-up guy and that, you know. Yeah. He he wasn't gonna rat on anybody and yeah. that sort he's of thing. He's the brother. He's the brother of a mob boss. You know, you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing. Gotta, I remember. Gotta um, get a feel. What was his name? It was a uh, Sal. Uh, the Sal, Sally Bugs, the guy who we oh, saw. Oh yeah, yeah. Him. I like. Bu- I so like Sally Bugs. That mm-hmm. is another true story. That he they saw him walking into a federal building. And thought he was. Snitching. And he told somebody, and they didn't fucking say anything until afterwards. So yeah. he, he, I think it was just some sort of like court summons or something. And he just walked in there yeah. by himself. He said, fuck it. And he came yeah, out and he got, a, he got, fuck, he got fucking murked because the guy forgot to tell people. Um, yeah. Which I just uh, think, I think that's just awesome. Because I, I really did love his character. 
I did. Yeah, like I, I, did, I did like his character too. The whole, that whole fish scene in the car. Yeah, that one. What that kind one of fish was it? That one jarred me so hard. It was like this scene's going on way too long. It did. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, she's just buy a fish. Was like a fucking cod. And he's like, I don't know, it was a fish. And he's like, okay. So, so they go so through the whole story. So and here's a, here's a funny story. I, at this point of the movie, I, you know, my other half walks in and um, you know, I'd pause it to help her, you know, unload some stuff because she was out of the store. Anyway. She she's watching this scene. She's like, so what's the fish? Is the fish like code? Was it like a body or something? I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it was just a fish. They've been on this rant for a while about this fish in the back seat and what kind of fish it is and this and that. It's like, as far as I know, it's not code like candy for explosives or anything else that's been or the school being the the prison like all these different names they've referenced throughout the whole movie i was like i'm pretty sure this scene is just about an actual fish but they've just been on this long conversation but, about it so like, well let me know later if it means it's like a dead body or something I'm like okay. what what i thought that scene was about so when jimmy hoffa comes in he goes oh you got to wrap that up tight you know you'll never get that smell out of there i took that as like symbolism for killing a guy you know mm-hmm. and that's sitting on your conscience oh. That you know you'll never you'll never get that smell you'll never be right again, after you do that and maybe it's about you know when you when you kill a guy be sure to wrap his body up extra tight so your car doesn't smell like dead body, you know. It, it could yeah. be either, and that's what I love about the Scorsese movies is it could be either or it could just be a fucking a scene about a fish. fish. Maybe like we yeah, I know. Movie to <laughs> exactly like... three hours and twenty nine minutes. Yeah. Let's add this fucking well, fish scene. It, in. It, one thing it did do is it did uh, create. And to me, this was the this was the intent. It created the level a, a level of awkwardness between the characters that the characters would have while they're on their way to yeah, literally it was, murder it somebody. It was a very normal situation mm-hmm. where it, it wasn't about mafia or anything like that. It's like so. Help me understand why why so you just pick up a fish for a guy? He's like, yeah, I just yeah. picked up a fish. He said, so you just walk in there. Someone tells you to pick up a fish, you just do it. He goes, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what. What, you, <laughs> what kind of fish was it? Which reminds me, I got to talk about Robert De Niro's amazing ability of stammering. Yes, yes. I, I tried to like kind of stumble over my words the way he did, and I couldn't because it. I don't know. It, it worked so well, and especially when he was on the phone with Joe Hoffman. Yeah. I can't do it. I just make the same two sounds over and over again. Yeah. But he just it no, sounded that, like that he was, that was a good it scene. sounded like he was talking but couldn't quite get it out. Yeah. Like he wasn't just going up but no, he was just like it was, and I you can hear him kind of like change what he was trying to right. say. And there's an inflection was... of his face and how he was saying it. I was just like, man, I can't do that. Like that's impressive. That, that was that was a really good scene too. That really like, that really put on the impression of someone it was, who really it was wanted real. to get out of the situation that he was in right he yeah. felt so bad didn't know how to put it and he goes you know can you just um yeah can you just call me later and he's like yeah 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 i can call you okay yeah, okay bye yeah and granted not that robert de niro has but he's also played many many characters that 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 have and he's a he's a phenomenal actor we're just we're just your average schmucks you know <laughs> but i don't i mean i have a feeling that stammering is how any of us would sound if we were lying to our Which, through our teeth, right? Through something. talking to something that you genuinely feel bad for, you, you know, know, saying maybe he's okay. I don't know. You got to be positive, and 
we've just never been in the situation where we've killed one of our best friends and yeah. and, and that we know of. Their wife. that we know of. not that no. I know of. <laughs> I, I've been in the situation where I have to be very careful about what I say, and my answer is usually just to not say anything. I'll open my <laughs> mouth, go, uh, and I'll stop, and I just sit there. <laughs> Wait, what was the phrase they kept using in court the whole time? Just say that from now on. Yeah, oh no, yes. The pleading what the what, co- what color is this pen? I've been instructed by uh, counsel. Yeah, <laughs> counsel has instructed me to, to think because it might uh, tend to incriminate me. And the lawyer's just like, because <laughs> they they, they, they knew exactly what to say. I love the scene where the guy pulled the card out of his pocket and like read it. <laughs> He's like, wait, wait, hold on, you didn't even look at the picture, and he just looks up and goes. Just just let him go. Let him do his thing. Oh, um, I love. I like the pause too with that whole pen scene. He he stops. Like, I kind of want to answer you, but I'm not going to. He he looks at it. Goes, I have been instructed. He's like, that's a blue pen. You know, in his mind, that's a blue pen. I've been instructed. I love. It's. uh, it's, I really like this scene. So I, I didn't confirm this, but I loved where, um. I don't remember the guy's name. He was fairly minor. But when Frank first went up there to, you know, bomb out all the, the taxis and push him in the river, where they made, oh, yeah. like, the alcoholic watermelon. Yeah. And he goes, you got to know two things about him, or three things. One, never be late. Two, he doesn't like drinking, so he doesn't don't drink around him. Three, he fucking hates watermelon. <laughs> but we're going to love it. You want some? Not on your life. <laughs> you guys really like I, I enjoy the two. So I, I thought that was really funny, you know, where yeah, it's like, you know, we got to we got to do our drinking, but you got to be sneaky about it. Yeah. I, I like that whole cab scene, too, because it was kind of like you just see all of these guys. It's like, hey, we can pretty much do whatever we want. The cops aren't going to help us, but they're not going to stop us. So the only you suddenly you see all these guys pushing these cabs one by one into the water. You just see a couple like floating and you see them getting stuck. And it's like, why don't you just use some candy? Like, what's candy? And then all of a sudden you just open the trunk and see all these explosives and stuff. And then all of the cabs are like going like, yeah. up. I got some leftovers. You know, there was his laundry place, but that didn't work yeah. out. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, that the, I, I love the little things like that, where it was, it was kind of like, you know, Frank's rise to power. But at the same time, it was kind of like, hey, why don't you just do this? It's easier. Yeah. And, you know, it's the little things he learned from, like, the war and all that, too. It's like, well, I mean, if you want to push them all, I'll help you push them all. But we can just blow them up, too, if, we, if it doesn't really matter. I really liked something that that I, I liked as a good quote was at the beginning where he said, you know, when I saw Russell, you know, you could tell he owned something, right? I didn't know if he owned the gas station. Turned out he owned the whole fucking road. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I thought that was pretty cool. It just kind of showed this guy who's just like, like we said about, you know, to Joe Pesci's credit, just his guy was just so, you know, just very, very <clears throat> meek and, you know, quiet, didn't say a whole lot. And yeah. Oh, but the tension, do you remember the, the first scene when he goes in and he's sitting down with uh, Joe Pesci uh, or a, uh, Russell and uh, Angelo Bruno, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, you know, why were you in Delaware? Oh yeah, and he just the, uh, he the just bombing. yeah he's like, who told you? And he's like, do I tell? And he looks over at uh, Russell, and Russell's just not giving him shit. He's not yeah. giving him a yes. He's not giving him a no. He's just staring into his soul, and he's like, uh, and he goes, now's the time to not now's not the time to not say. And he goes, uh, whispers the other whispers. And he goes, okay. <clears throat> Let me guess. Yeah, he yeah. told you not to tell anybody downtown. He's like, yeah, just that situation. I'm just imagining your fucking ass being so clinched. That, that, that was that. a good scene. I mean, that, that kind of showed you the connection, too, where it was like, you know, you've got a good friend here. He's like, oh, I know. He's like, no, you really don't. You know. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't know. You have a good friend. 
Because he's like, well, if, you know, if, I, I can give him the money back. He doesn't need if the Russell money. Russell didn't call this meeting, they would have yeah. killed him. <laughs> they yeah. just would have killed him. Plain and simple. I was like, well, I, I can give him his money back. No, he he doesn't need it. I, sure, need I don't. I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll just get. I don't need it. Everything's good. No, he won't need it. You can hold on to it. Okay, thanks. Trust me, he won't need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Consider it a payment for what your next job's going to be. He came up and said, "Oh, I thought you come from the other way, huh? I thought you were coming." Oh, yeah. No. And you, made, you, 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 this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dip into trivia a little bit more. Uh, Beck, you brought up the, um, the, the word "fuck" and 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 the various permutations of it are used 136 times in this movie. For a Martin Scorsese film, Martin Scorsese film, that is actually sixth on his list. What's there number five one? Movies. What's number one? And when you think about it, you'll 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 know it. Number one is The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. Which has oh. five hundred and sixty-nine uses of the word <laughs> "fuck." <laughs> and that's that's only like a that's wow. like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not it's long, but it's not. Yeah, number two, number two is The Departed with two thirty seven, so it is Ooh. twice as much as The Departed, That's which is incredible. number two. Yeah, yeah, that that I is just, crazy. I thought that was a I thought that was a fun you know fun little fact. I love the idea of the guy who like sat down. I don't know if they did a control F or went through and manually counted, but someone went. <laughs> we say that word a lot in this movie. Let's see how many times. And someone sat down there. Either you know, did, I probably did it with computer nowadays, but. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the Departed days, they probably had mm-hmm. to go through and read the fucking read the script, <laughs> and you know, be like this, that, 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 that. Well, I mean, not even the script. I mean, you think about it. How many times do they retake a scene and, and change variations of it? So the script might say this, but they might ad lib this or cut this in or cut that out or right. You know, so even then, I mean, someone's got to sit there and like watch and go, okay, is this the you know, stop right, stop right, right, and. Um, I can't remember. I know that was like a big thing for a while. Everyone's like, oh, hey, we created a website where, you know, if you want to see this scene, we put it all down. This movie at this time frame, timestamp is, is this scene, blah, blah, blah. And like, it just kind of went from there. Nowadays, you just YouTube and just, someone just cut out the clip and put it up on YouTube. Right. Uh, but I remember that was like a thing for a while because I even think they, had, they joked on that in um, a Seth Rogen movie. I can't remember which one, but they were like, they were all like working on a website where it's like, Oh well, if you want to uh, see this person in this scene, you know we have it down here. So you just click on this, and like it, and they went on that whole route. But it makes me wonder how many, like you said, how many people actually sat there and with the movie, like, all right, play, all right, one, two, three, four, oh, look, rewind. Oh, I missed one. Blah 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 blah. blah. Okay, cool. I just kept on going with it. And then oh. I love the idea of sitting down and like, you know, I imagine that scene in uh, Wolf of Wall Street where he was, you know, just completely ripped out. Just kind of they go. Did that count? I think, I think the intent was there. I think he tried to was, say it. Yeah, there was intention there. It was just muffled. You know, when he was calling Jonah Hill's character, like, like, ah, it's like, mm. I think he, I think his character would have sworn there. That was funny though. I don't want to, I don't want to fall down uh, any more of Scorsese rabbit holes. But I, I love the Wolf of the Wolf of Wall Street. That, that's that's up there. That's probably that's like in my top five movies. I think That's probably four movie, of my huh? top five movies are Scorsese movies, so it says, it says a lot about me. Yeah, Scorsese's great. He's, he's great. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, digging a little bit more into, I'm kind of peppering trivia, peppering in trivia throughout this. Um, but since we're on, you know, some of Scorsese's other movies uh, as well, The Irishman is is you know at a runtime of you know three hours and twenty nine minutes, is the longest 
movie Scorsese has has ever made. Um, not only is it the longest movie Scorsese's ever made, it is the longest feature film that has been released in over 20 years. Whoa. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. The longest feature film that has been released in over 20, 20 years. So since the, since the 90s. Um, and on that note as well, the first cut of The Irishman was over four hours long. <laughs> and they're like, all right, maybe that's a little too long. <laughs> Well, I think they even hit on that briefly in the the aftermath show that I was talking about. Because I think it uh, was it, if I remember correctly, Pesci was asking Scorsese like, "Hey, when you do these movies, you know, you always have a good flow to the full movie, no matter the length. Is is this something you actually think about when you go, hey, you know, you're you're planning on doing a three and a half hour movie or, or more or whatever like that? Like, do you think about that stuff? Like." does the experience of all these movies you've done over the years kind of help you make it easier? And Scorsese's like, no, I just kind of go, all right, this is this scene, this is that scene, I just kind of go with it. You know, he doesn't look at the whole, like, oh, well, you know, for an hour movie, we're going to do this. And like, he just kind of goes uh, with the flow of things. Um, so I guess that experience has kind of helped him with that. But I thought that was kind of neat how they hit on that. It was like, were you planning? Do you go in like, hey, I plan on making a three, four-hour movie? He's like, nope, I just kind of go and have fun with it, and then it is what it is when we're all done. He's like, screw it. It's gonna be three and a half hour movies. It's gonna be three and a half hour movies. Let's just go. I'm gonna need um, any of you guys to get your hands on that four hour cut of The Irishman. Yeah, I really want to see what they cut out in half yeah. a freaking hour. Because you know? here, because here I am about to about to start talking about you know this movie could have been shorter and it still would have been perfectly fine. You know there there oh, are yeah. scenes that could have been you know trim trim the fat a little bit. Um. And I, and I think it would have would have would have still been just as you know just the same caliber movie it was before, um, but when I when they said four hours and over four hours it ended up, and it ended up being three and a half and here I am in my head after I'm done watching it going, I could probably cut it down to three, yeah. like I was like I could probably get knock out another half hour. That's a lot though, man. Um, <clears throat> it and is. Then, and then here I am. I say this, and then I found out Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> could only could only felt that he could knock out half an hour or a little bit more. You like, know? I'm yeah. thinking about scenes I could cut. I'm thinking of the fish scene, and then maybe well, even maybe then, they I mean, could, you could cut out one of the scenes of you know Jimmy Hoffa hates the Kennedys. Like that was a fair <laughs> piece of the movie, but damn. I mean, you you could go back and you could trim all kinds of stuff. Uh, you could cut out full scenes. You could trim like a minute here, a minute there. There's so much you could do. However, anything that you do will change the flow of the movie yeah and i think scorsese and really any director um editors producers anybody in that seat when they go and look at the movie they have to go okay i can cut this out because it's too long i can add this in because it's too short and they look at that time frame for the average viewer to make it that sweet spot so it's like well you know if it's too long people aren't going to go watch it if it's too short then you know they might not enjoy it right but when you sit there and you cut cut out different scenes you start changing the flow you go hey this scene's here just for filling yeah we can cut that right. uh but then the movie's too short then there's other times where it's like well this scene tells this part of the story without that this character doesn't have a background without this you don't have that awkward tension of the fish scene yeah that fish scene was really weird but it did create the awkwardness with all of them in the car going to the house and that really hit on you know frank's character the fact that he didn't want to be there to begin with um 
he went from trying to help his friend to now essentially taking out his friend, portraying his friend. And that awkward car ride was perfect setup for that whole scene. And we talked about how he got to the scene, boom, it's done, it's over, and now the aftermath. You know, right. It was a mm-hmm. great lead-up. Yeah, you could cut that, but it wouldn't have made that the same impact on that scene. Um, so even trimming down, you might be able to get a minute here, a couple seconds there, cut the scene out. Yeah, we don't really need that. Oh, this is cool. We can kind of trim this a little bit more. And you could have fun with it and, and shorten it, but you're going to get a different flow. You're going to get, instead of that drawn-out um, scene that pulls you in, you could cut it to a quick scene to tell you what you need right off the bat. And you're like, boom, done, cool. I know what I need to do. Now let's get into the next scene. And it's like, well, that flow is kind of weird. Now I'm, I'm more of an up pace. You know, let's, let's jump to the next scene. Let's keep going versus, wow, that emotion built up and it hit me hard. You know, So it, it, it's some of those things you got to think about. So, yeah, the fact that it was over four hours is insane. And yeah, you could cut it and make it shorter, but you're not going to get the movie that we watched now. And I would love to see a four hour plus version of this movie to yeah. see what the feel is. You know, is it stuff that didn't need to be in there and was trimmed for good reason? Or did it impact more in a different way? I mean, without watching it, you won't really know. But I mean, that's something to consider when you're thinking about those types of movies. And any movie you look at that's too short or too long, um, it really comes down to the flow of the movie that we've hit on multiple times in our recent reviews, Eric. Uh, that's a big thing that I think a lot of people don't look at is mm-hmm. how the movie flows, you know, the pace of the movie and how it draws you in altogether. Or think about this. At three and a half hours, are we watching the trimmed fat version where there mm-hmm. are no extra scenes or anything else? It's just everything yeah. is a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing you could i mean you talk about what a half hour so we could so. we could see a four hour and 15 minute version of this movie and not know we've seen a four hour and 15 right. minute every, version every of this scene movie. could just be like 15 seconds longer exactly yeah. yeah i mean you could trim like an extra minute here an extra minute there so i mean the fact that it's a little bit you know like a half an hour in a three hour movie isn't really that long you're like wow four hours but when you sit down and look at it you like you said it could be a minute here in this scene a minute there in that scene you take a minute out of every scene or a couple of seconds and just trim it just a hair yeah you can get a half hour out of a four-hour movie um but as far as actually trimming it down more and cutting actual scenes out if that was the case i mean it's hard to say what we'll get because we've gone back to other movies where it's like hey we watched this movie it was awesome here's the uncut version with the extra scenes added and you're like yeah, yeah, that scene's kind of cool, but it didn't really need to be in the original movie, so that, that makes sense that that scene's not there. It got cut out for a reason. <clears throat> yeah. I'll tell you, yeah. One, one thing to wrap this up, though, is I do not want to be the editor that has to edit out any of the performances in this movie. God. Oh, God. <laughs> no. A little, a small, oh. a small scene that I really thought was funny in hindsight was uh, Howard Hunt, the former CIA agent, the uh, Big Ears. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. thought that shit yeah. was so funny. Yeah. Where he's like, you looking at my ears? ears. Huh? What? Huh? You're looking at my ears. Uh, someone, someone I knew. Uh, no, I like, like, like in the TV scene, too. Yeah. Like when he's watching on TV, he's like, oh, big ears. He's like, huh? His ears aren't that big. big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, His ears aren't that big. And it's like, oh. So I thought I thought that joke was really funny. There wasn't a lot of yeah. like humor in that or in the, in the movie, but that, that part mm-hmm. was really funny. Yeah, and I think those all of those little scenes like that that were thrown in throughout the whole movie, I think everything was really good. So all in all, I thought the movie flowed great, even for three and a half hours. Um, I think it did what it needed to do at the right times. Yes, it was a long movie. I don't know if this movie would still be as good as it is had it been shorter. I think we would have gotten a completely different movie. Right. 
longer Possibly. i have no idea i'd have to watch but um i think all in all this movie was really really good and now knowing some of the trivia facts that you guys have told me both of you with the history and all that it makes the movie better for me to, to think about how much they put into this movie um a lot of movies you don't realize how much goes into them how much uh time the actors look into you know their their homework on the characters they're trying to portray whether it be a made-up character or an actual character they can talk to or get information from which i think they also hit in in the aftermath about how at least these characters they could dig up some information on you know through google or whatever uh just to kind of have something to base off of yeah and even you know the the directors and producers that go hey let's do the scene let's do this accurate correctly um i think I think it was Pesci that talked in the Aftermath show to uh, Scorsese about a completely different movie where they were, like, on set getting ready to record and one of the extras in the audience was wearing a watch that wasn't even for the time frame. Oh, and yeah, that was, uh, like, that, was, that was when they were filming Raging Bull. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. That was and yeah, he was, was, like... 76? And it just stuck out to him. He was like, hey, hey, you right there, you, you, that watch, you can't wear that. That's not this time frame. It's going to throw out the whole scene when people are watching it on camera. Most people don't think about that. And, and I'm sure as viewers, we can relate to a couple of times where we've watched movies and go, hey, that's kind of awkward. That's not actually how that happened. Like I, Even in this movie, I noticed that there was a scene with the, the nurse. If I remember correctly, one they did a split cut. And it's like one scene, she's got the things in her ears doing his paws and then it cuts back to her and they're around her neck yeah and it's like one of those subtle things that if you're not looking for you don't realize and that could have been like a minute or so that they trimmed out i mean i don't know um but credit to a lot of work they went into this movie both history and little things like that i think that this movie was really good my, my opinion is definitely a, a must-watch movie as far as rewatching goes i still would recommend it Again, if you had you know free three and a half hours lying around, or it was on you know one of those like uh, movies that's on TV, and you're like, hey, I'll watch it, I'll watch it. Uh, I think it's definitely worth rewatching, but it is a long movie. I did I did watch it a, a year ago now, like right when it came out, um, and I, I I really liked it then, but honestly, I had much more appreciation for it now. Um, do you think, you, think you picked it. up picked up on more things yeah a lot more because i remember the first subtleties. time i the first time i watched it i didn't know who tony pro was like who's who's this guy talking to jimmy hoffa getting upset that his pension's gone and then later on mm -hmm. i was like wait was that i don't know who this guy is and they have uh, that scene where frank goes oh you know i heard you guys had a tussle in the can i went was that him who is he but then here when yeah. i went back and watched <clears throat> it i know they showed uh you know sally bugs choking that guy out in the car because Joe or uh, Joey Pro was uh, was or Tony Pro was scared that he was gonna take over because he had more that votes. Was than competition, him. yeah. Right, so he had Sally Bugs strangle him. I'm like, oh wow, why I totally missed that. So that scene mm -hmm. didn't make any sense to me the first time. But that's also I'm a very I'm a very passive move, movie watcher usually. Yeah, I usually just sit down and just 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 turn my brain off and just look at the pretty colors. But this, <laughs> yeah. this one, watching it a second time, definitely helped me grasp a lot more things in the movie. Um, well, it's funny. You mentioned that scene. They showed that scene twice um, when he gets tricked out of the car. And like the first time they mentioned it, I had no clue until they you know, recapped it later on in the second part of the, the movie. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that makes a little bit more sense. I still don't know who all that is, but, I mean, the that, scene makes more sense now. At that point, you know who Sally Bugs is and you know who Tony yeah. Pro is. And you see this poor guy getting choked out. And... Wow. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. 
definitely would recommend. But if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, what are you doing? You'd be almost halfway done with the movie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Not only not only I, not only is this the longest <laughs> film Friday Films has ever reviewed, this is the longest review we've ever done for a yeah, it's true. It's true. It's I knew a fitting it was one. <laughs> um so, so I do Eric, have as yes. I was gonna say, what what is your take on this? Obviously it passed the time uh, or the watch checking. It passed uh, the watch check test because um, I was the I was the only reason when I messaged you that th- that made you stop and look at the time. And that was true. like halfway through that's the true. movie. Wow, that's good. Um, it yeah. is it is a long haul though. I will not I will not say despite having not checked my watch during it. There there were there were moments in the movie where, you know, during a brief brief pause of you know something slows happening on screen where I I would lean back and be like, this is. This is a long haul. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, definitely a long haul. So it is, it is a long haul, but um, it's 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 great. It is a great movie, and it is one that I can honestly say, I I will revisit this in the future. And I think this is, um, in a lot of ways, some of the best work uh, we've seen for certain actors. You know, I've already preached mm-hmm. my love for Joe Pesci. I'm not going to reiterate on that, but this. This is Pesci at some of his finest, and, and everyone else at some of their finest. It's 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 yeah. great, great work, um, all around the board. So I I too will hop in the bandwagon and highly recommend um, this movie. And it's it's with with the movies we reviewed so far this season. It is it is up there. It's not yes. quite. I mean, I love Scorsese, um, but it didn't hit me the same way that Peanut Butter Falcon and Parasite did. Oh, that's true. True. I mean, so it's, it's a Peter different. Butter Falcon and Parasite are still are still up there. If I were to rank the movies we've watched so far, but Irishman is definitely, definitely, it is better than I went into it expecting, and I did not expect it to be bad, mm-hmm. you know, at all. And it is better than I was. Expecting I mean, with a cast like that, you really can't go into it expecting something bad. You know, you absolutely no, can't. But and there I have pl- been movies with a, a good full cast that don't deliver to the expectations that you would expect them to. That's true. But, I mean, not, but not these guys, just, though. Not no, no, guys. no, no, no. I mean, just like for example, we we did Project Power, good good actors. We thought it was a good movie, but it had the potential to be so much better. You know, so I mean, no, just one because, of us thought it was a good movie. Okay, I thought it was a decent movie. My point being is, just because you have certain people in a movie doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good movie. We've seen movies that have great actors to do great performances, but the movie does not turn out. Yeah, <clears throat> this was not oh. the case. So I will I will I will finish my wrap up by with the last fun fact. We don't even have to dip into trivia time. I've kind of peppered it in throughout this <laughs> yeah. review. Perfect. Um, the last fun fact, which I had to dig for because I was curious, uh, Peggy, the daughter, yes. you mentioned she doesn't say she's she's a woman of few words. Yeah, throughout the whole in movie. In fact, she only says eighty six words in the entire movie. <laughs> I say it's not much. I mean, like Anna Paquin not only lines. Had words <laughs> but words yeah but i'm just saying like even like throughout the whole movie anna Paquin. i mean you see her in several different scenes but i think she only talks in like maybe two scenes and uh the younger version only talks in like maybe three scenes and even uh, that's like, like I th- it's like thank you and yeah or, yeah or a couple words here or there like you know where are you going at the top of the stairwell or um the ice cream with uh hoffa like there's very few scenes throughout the whole movie that she even says anything no matter what age peggy was um, but that's that's it. That's that's all I've got. Trivia wow. time was kind well, of peppered you, in this week. She, so Peggy's character definitely did have a big presence, even though not a oh, lot yeah. of words, which you can definitely oh, appreci- yeah. appreciate, like the filmography in that, or just the way she would just look into the camera and you go, oh, 
She's just sitting there yeah. eating her like Cheerios and Frank's sitting there reading the, read the paper yeah. about a guy he murdered the other day. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all really, in all, really I think on the heartstrings. Yeah. All in all, I think it was it was well done with everything. I mean, it was an enjoyable movie that had so many different things put together in a very very good way. Uh, so qu- let me ask you this, Eric. I know it passed the timing test, but is this a rewatchable movie for you? I know you enjoyed it, but would you go back and rewatch it? Yeah, yeah, I'd go back and rewatch it. Um, not for a while, you know. Okay, uh, so this yeah, is like a yearly a rewatch. But this, I mean, this falls, yeah, this falls in the same category as as any other, you know, De Niro, Pacino, or Pesci film where I might not think about it on a day to day basis, um, but the moment the the itch, you know, I have the itch for it. I, I'll sit down and watch it again, and it'll 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 absolutely scratch that itch. You know, it's it's up there with any of the other uh, mobster mafia movies. I mean, it's honestly deeper than some of them. You know, so it's it's good. It's very very good. I I, I will rewatch this again in the future. It just will probably be a quite a long time before I can before I'm willing to dedicate <laughs> three and a half hours. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's what we like to see. You know, movies that pass the uh, the watch. St- um, and the the rewatch, as yep. I like to call it, the watch and the rewatch. If it passes both of those, then I know it's a good movie when it's coming from Eric. So, because <laughs> that's I, I mean that's how we rate our movies. At the end, then you did Eric look at his watch. The K had good flow, and will Eric rewatch the movie? Then it's a good movie. If not, then we got to figure out if it's you know on the line or what. I like that. So I mean, watch, watch and rewatch test. Yeah, watch it's, it's a watch test. and rewatch test. If Clever. it passes both of those, and it's a good movie. Uh, not saying that you know if if you know that doesn't mean you can't listen to our review. I'm just saying that that's a good sign. That's why we do that at the end of the review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As those listening at home know, I you you are it's it's pretty obvious within the first 15 <laughs> minutes of the review whether I would rewatch this movie. Yeah, it's do true. You, do you we go, won't say it till the end. Do but. you go in on them pretty hard if you don't like them? Oh, oh, pretty hard. Oh yeah, I'd probably do oh, the yeah. same, frankly, but. I love a good. Uh, I love. I love ripping a new asshole every now and then. It's great. All right. <laughs> so with that wrap up of this movie, our, I assume we're gonna watch something a little bit shorter next week. Well, it can only get. Judging from this being the longest movie in the last twenty years, <laughs> it can literally only get shorter. <laughs> well, good sign. So are we gonna be over the three hour mark? Or, uh, what are we getting into next week? Well, I would like to leave this to our special guest Beck, since you oh. are the one that rec- since you are the one that recommended this movie to us, and you are our guest on this week's episode. Tell us, what do we watch next? Well, I'm thinking, since we had a real gym this time, I think we moved to Uncut Gems, the Netflix original with Adam ooh, Sandler. Ooh, that was uh, 2019. Ooh. You cheeky, you cheeky fuck. That's yeah, great. That's I've great. heard of that one. It's it's that's a, it's, a, it's a good one. Good. Um, yeah, oh, that'd be... highly recommend. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it on Irishman level, but you know it's not three and a half hours long. So, it's okay. One thing I have noticed this whole season is every movie has its own genre in a way. I mean, we compare them all, but at the same time, they're good or bad in their own way. Yeah, yeah. They they definitely they definitely stand stand in their own category. Um, but no, okay, fair enough. And I will say this: I, I will say I have I have seen Uncut Gems. I have, I have I have my thoughts and feelings on it. To prevent future spoilers, I will not share said thoughts or feelings until next week when Jordan has the chance to watch uh, Uncut Gems and you at home have the chance to watch Uncut Gems. 
So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again so much for joining us for this very special episode of Friday Films featuring The Irishman as recommended by my little brother, Beck. Thank you again, Beck, for joining us this week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you listen to, don't forget you can follow us on any social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Presents. Let us know what you thought of The Irishman. Let us know whether you were able to sit down and choke through it in the three and a half hours that it took to, <laughs> to, to, to watch. Um, let us know what you thought. Did you like, is this your favorite movie of the, of the season so far? Is this your least favorite? Do you hate Pacino? Tell us why. Uh, but also, much like Beck did, most importantly, let us know what you want us to review next. Jordan yes. and I are constantly keeping our ears and eyes out for anything new that pops up on the various streaming platforms. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm always, always interested in hearing your recommendations. So once again, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Who Do Presents. All right. So this, this has been a long one, and we appreciate everyone sticking with us to the end. Uh, thank you again for joining us, Beck. Uh, this was awesome definitely a treat for me having a a third person in the mix that way i can't just argue with eric on what i like and don't like about these movies (laughs) um and until next time let the credits roll